Easy, fellas. It's called humor. It takes the edge off of the hard labor. Dreadnought, what's the top bot doing down here? You look tense. Have you seen Fugitive Zero? Well, I can see how you lost him. He barely fits in your hand. But I'll make sure to keep an eye out. Uh, you may want to ask that thing. He looks like he has a big mouth. If that even is a mouth. Hey, oh, whoa. Prisoner Dal RL, what species are you? Wow, getting personal, borderline inappropriate. Okay, let's do this. Honestly, who knows? If you can enlighten me, it'd sure be a weight off of my shoulders. I'd ask my co-workers, but you ban translators to keep us from talking, so... He's seen zero. Hey, hey now, easy with that thing. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Karnick, and with me speaking unintelligibly because there's no universal translator are... Are you Notch Karnick, though, really? I, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me speaking unintelligibly because there's no universal translator are... Rudy Baker And Bill Woywad. Uh, so yeah, this is Strange New Takes, and today we're going to be recapping the very first episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Lost and Found. And uh, while you listen to us, uh, do follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, well, meta Instagram and Twitter, I guess, going forward. Right. Oh, yeah, um, I completely forgot about that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell your tell your friends about the pod. Um, that's how we get discovered. Five star ratings are also important. Um, you know, Apple Podcast five star ratings. So um, do rate us high and um, uh, you know share the share the good news. Yeah, and in this new meta world, make sure to give us a five star on Second Life as well. You can find us there mm. uh, right in the metaverse along with everybody else. <laughs> so uh, this is the point where I'm going to tell you that this is a spoiler warning. Uh, this is a brand new series of Star Trek. Uh, and if you hear the pitch of that it's the first Star Trek that's just for kids and think, that sounds awful. I'm not sure that you should judge it that that way quite. So uh, actually, I think this one is worth a, worth a watch. Uh, you'll probably get an idea of whether this is going to be the show for you. Uh, I I I I think I'm I'm intrigued. I, I'm I'm interested to see where we go with this. So we're going to spoil this episode. We're going to accidentally spoil future episodes as we speculate about what's going mm. to happen in the future, and we'll probably spoil lots of other random Star Trek and things in the world. So. Uh, yeah, come on and join us. And so this is the point where uh, Notch usually tells us to uh, bring out our strange new takes. And I am the host today, so that I have now done that by describing it awkwardly. So <laughs> who's, who's ready to give me a strange new take? I'll go first. And uh, I have to say, um, I had one strange new take in general and then one for uh, the episode or trek but now i have two in general and i i just love how you uh, totally 
claimed uh, hosthood by calling yourself Notch Karnak Adam. That is that is uh, brilliant. Um, I, I mean, but... I thought I thought it was a role, <laughs> not a person. But uh, so yeah, I was a little bit confused. You fooled me, man. I thought you were Notch until you. <laughs> very confused. But, but yeah, moving on to general strange new take. So um, in in my continuing endeavor to um, call out. Um, uh, famous Indian people in in space, um, whether it's Aditya Sahil and Discovery, and we didn't see enough of him. Hopefully, he comes back. Um, there is a person of Indian American descent that is going to go to space um, tonight or early morning tomorrow. His name is Raja Chari. Um, he was born in the United States. Uh, I think he uh, went to. Uh, he was a test pilot, yeah, in the Air Force, went to MIT, astronaut, so blue blood stuff, went to the Garden of the Astronaut program a couple of years ago, has been selected for the Artemis moon program, so possibly Ooh. the first Indian, person of Indian origin, let's leave it at that, right, to set foot on the moon in, in a few years, hopefully, in the next decade or so. Uh, he launches tonight, literally about 24 hours from now, so... If you're rooting for Indians in space, this is a good one. Nice. Well, That's awesome. My uh, take for this episode is um, it's actually going to be a spoiler alert. Um, I don't know if I missed reading about this show enough um, or missed the cues or even missed part of the, the, the actual episode, but I happened to look at the cast on Google and I think I got spoiled a bit. Same. So if so if you, if you haven't if you haven't looked at the cast and you don't want to be spoiled then don't look at the cast just watch the show. Um, that's going to be my strange new take for the episode. So you didn't you didn't know Janeway was in it. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> this is this is very interesting. Cool. Um, so let's see. I. Uh, I have a, a recommendation. <clears throat> if you're a coffee drinker, and unless you're like, have, your finances are like really, really tight, I think that you should just buy the best. It. So I I started doing this a year or two ago. You know, I got a coffee pot that's like hundred dollars and a special grinder. It's maybe fifty dollars, but they last for years. And I I mail order like single origin, really good coffee to my house. It's not expensive. And so really there's, I, I just really recommend it. I mean, there's, unless you're totally broke, <laughs> if you're a coffee drinker, it's really worth it to just treat yourself and, and take it seriously. Mm. Um, for this episode, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I think uh, Rock Talk kind of, uh, stole the show for me. Uh, really, <laughs> uh, really enjoyed Rock Talk and just yeah, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun in in general. And j just like an an excellent uh, joke name. <laughs> yeah, for a yeah. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Universal translator really uh, you know went out there and put out something interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the complete tone change uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for uh, my strange new take for the the universe at large, uh, I think it's just uh, 
yeah it's it's surprisingly scary for some reason to like be the first person that talks on the on the podcast i don't know that there's like necessarily anything extra that i need to do besides like ask people questions and whatnot but yeah uh it's 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 a little a little bit scary but also kind of fun so uh join me as i attempt to fumble through notch's duties today uh for the the episode though um I just, uh, the character designs in this show are fabulous. And uh, honestly, I'd love to play a video game as, like, with these characters. The But the unfortunate thing is that Star Trek Armada is the only good Star Trek video game that has ever existed. Uh, with I, Maybe I'm going to give an honorable mention to Elite Force 2. Um, and maybe also the Star Trek The Next Generation from Super Nintendo. It's probably a terrible game, but I have fond memories and and liked it when I was, like, six or whatever. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I'll just say that it's it's okay to be scared at and it's uh, Halloween weekend, so... There we go. I'm I'm taking on the very spooky duties of (laughs) hosting this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, should we pivot to a, a spooky Halloween-themed podcast? Okay, yeah, let's do, let's do it. Okay, no more talking about this episode. We're just going to do a take a hard left, and uh, <laughs> and we're, we're we're talking about um, Sub Rosa from the Next Generation. There we go. A fabulous oh episode. Everyone should watch that one. It's definitely a top ten of most Star Trek lists, I believe. Uh, yeah. So so get, give it a watch. Uh, who who doesn't want to? Uh, watch horny ghosts uh uh from ireland uh or whatever <laughs> scotland I think. scotland yeah. okay th- there yeah. we go okay uh this is the part where i think we're supposed to talk about uh, some in-depth episode discussion but to start it off i'm going to read uh give a dramatic reading of uh stuff that i found on memory alpha so uh oh wait i haven't even said like anything about the episode so i i think i'm supposed to say uh this episode is called lost and found uh it's both the first and second episode of uh what is now we're we're calling it pro uh for prodigy Mm. uh and the it is first aired on the 28th of october 2021 it's the first of one produced in pro the first of one released in pro so there you go everybody um, it's written by Kevin and Dan Hageman and directed by Ben Heben or Hybon. I have not looked up how you pronounce your name and I'm a very bad person for doing that. Um, the invert universe date is unknown. Uh, we have previously had it, uh, confirmed that this is 2383, uh, from the, I think that was a Star Trek, uh, first contact day panel. No, it wasn't the first contact day. It was a Star Trek day. For some reason, they decided there's a Star Trek day and aren't celebrating first contact day, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so for the and, episode, and, Adam, to, to, uh, twenty three eighty three. Like, how would we situate that relative to like Nemesis or? Uh... Oh, I think it was was Nemesis twenty three seventy nine. Maybe someone should pull up a. Uh, a timeline here uh but essentially um uh yeah someone else do that i think i have a link over here to 2383 you can click on uh and i'm going to talk about the episode summary so a group of lawless teens exiled on a mining colony outside of federation space discover a derelict starfleet ship dal must gather an unlikely crew for their newfound ship if they're going to escape tars lamora uh, but the Diviner and his daughter Gwyn have other plans. Uh, 
Yeah, so I guess it has enough time passed for someone to know what time 2383 is, because that is a useful thing to know. I think we can we can add it in um, later. No we'll we'll, we'll add it in, in post somehow. Yep. So okay, this is the part where where Notch is just gonna like give us a paragraph explanation of like all the things that have happened around twenty three eighty three, which exact episodes showed up in which years leading up to this, along with the movies, uh, maybe flashbacks that happened in in I have it. Also, we can do that. I have it. Uh, Nemesis was twenty three seventy nine, and Picard the series is twenty three ninety nine. Okay, so cool. Adam so, was right. Adam knew the actual yeah, I, year for Nemesis. I, I, I knew the actual year for Nemesis. I, I'm I feel impressed. like I feel like Mars might be uh, twenty three eighty four, but uh, not one hundred percent sure on that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's 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 interesting that uh, we're sort of set in this particular timeline because uh, I guess what something that we do know is that two deep space vessels um, were redirected to Voyager six years earlier. And they were expected to uh, rendezvous with Voyager in, like, 2383. So, like, maybe that's why we chose this particular timeline. Uh, mm. I will say the Protostar seems way more advanced uh, than a show f- uh, than a ship from uh, before Nemesis. So uh, we'll, we'll see exactly. I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, get a, a, like, a probably a 40-minute lore dump in the next episode is uh, based on how they've been doing this. That, that's yeah. what I would expect. Yeah, Adam, so the thing you just said about two ships being dispatched to find Voyager, that's from, like, Voyager canon, or they, they mentioned that in, like, the finale or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, It's I think it's the episode of Voyager called Lifeline that brings that up. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I think the, now... The other a... call art, sorry, the other call art I had was, uh, there's a Voyager episode where the Doctor gets um, transported to a ship that's like a uh, you know, a test ship or like a oh, um, oh the one yes. with Andy Dick, yeah, yeah, yes. Prometheus uh, or something like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, it breaks yeah. into three ships. It kind of it's got that cut. It's got the same cut. I don't know if we want to talk about the ship right now, but I felt it. It had a little bit of the same cut. But the only thing in mind for me was it has a it it has a hologram of a certain captain, right? So in terms of timing, that would be. That would be kind of weird, right? If if, if that oh, was the that's same a good ship, point. yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense that way. Um, it, it, if it was one of those ships, so um, yeah, that, that that is a fair call out. It's, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like we're gonna go rescue the Voyager using our uh, our the copyrighted cam uh, uh, captain's uh, image that we're going to uh, rescue <laughs> and, them and, with. And if we cannot rescue them, then we will have this ship come back and and we'll still, you know, I don't know, some kind of. Uh, deceits to the world that uh, they rescued Voyager. I, I, I guess the question that we have, though, is uh, which what atrocities is uh, Hologram Genway going to try to get them to commit? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, or, or are they, are they going to turn it around and we're going to have to erase mm-hmm. Hologram Janeway's memory uh, uh, in order to, because she's, like, t- learning too much and becoming too sentient and things like that. So, uh, it, interesting. I... I mean, I, I th- so I think this is probably a, a fine place for us to start. It's uh, it's part of the subject of the show. It's not brought up until like halfway through, but it's Star Trek, and this is all we care about is like what's the new ship look like. So uh, I, I I will say this ship looks extremely fast. So it I mean, it's if you uh, I think what will end up being the opening credits you get at the the last two minutes or or whatever is uh, I think that. 
the there's like a third nacelle that seems to like appear when it goes to warp uh mm. so i don't know the ship looks super badass and like it could be very fast so it, it, it could be not one of those two two steep two deep space vessels mm. yeah in yeah. terms of the ship um I mean, it had an interesting surface. The shields, have we seen shields like that and broken out into those hexagonal or whatever cell-like structures? I know we're going way ahead towards the final act, but um, I, I never, I mean, I never really saw shields in that sense. And I like that part about the ship, um, the, the part yeah. where that was a dreadnought, right? He gets bounced out on the outside and and um, our protagonist is on the inside and the shields separate them. That was, that was kind of cool. Yeah, and and like weirdly for a show that's that's I think part of the pitch of this is that it's just for or it's not just for kids, but it's it's aimed at kids and also therefore shouldn't require you to have seen like eight hundred episodes of Star Trek beforehand. <laughs> uh, we're we're still getting like interesting lore things that we're learning just from like we're learning it along with the kids. Like yeah, like not only do we have these new types of shields, but also like there's these interesting like tube things that they have to stick in in order to power those shields uh and i don't i don't know that we've ever had like a mention of those specific types of canisters or or like that there's distributed around the ship in order to like make the shields work um but you know they just made it up to create uh, uh, oh i mean i'm sorry i know you're trying to think of an in-universe explanation but you know the writers were just like we need to create some suspense and get Dell on yeah. the which is definitely ship, how they usually do it. Yeah. Anyway, you can detach hull panels with them. You can turn shields on. It's all kind of you know that twist and turn. Yeah, yeah, I lo- love that same. twist and turn interface there. I know, like that couldn't be automated. It's like this, <laughs> like the ship is like super sophisticated, but <laughs> the shields depend on just a person like pulling a lever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, I, I, I will say, I, I think that this is, in terms of just, like, the look of this ship, this is, I, I, I think, is the, the best-looking ship uh, that I've seen since Ooh. the Sovereign uh, class, uh, Enter- Enterprise-E. Like, th- this is a, a really nice-looking design, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it, like, from every single angle, this thing looks absolutely beautiful so i i'm just even i'm even here even if i end up hating the characters or something like that i'm here for the ship porn like <laughs> just, just show me this ship from all sorts of new angles maybe blow it up at some point uh but i i, I think it's it's going to be exciting just for that didn't um uh, on star trek day didn't um dan hageman i think right he, didn't he call out like when they showed the ship or the the the, the trailer teaser trailer it's like have a good look at the ship. It it was like you know that's that's the first view of the ship. So I think they're they're excited about the ship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get to see much outside of the derelict uh, insides as they first enter. Right there's this weird, I don't even know what you call you call it. Right this bulb kind of uh, watch thing on top like a oh yeah yeah I don't know I don't know what you call it. So that was a little odd. I didn't I didn't I was trying to connect that with other ships but i i couldn't quite um but then the the bridge is just like full glass um yeah it's full it, glass uh cockpit or whatever you call it like i, I don't know i don't know yeah and it's apparently like a real window wow. yeah yeah right. uh, which, like it's like glass or whatever yeah which, which i think is is like the single greatest uh like ship design 
thing that was introduced introduced in the Kelvin universe was just like that the ships have windows like and that's what the view screen is like way better than us looking at a dumb like uh 80 inch tv at the front <laughs> of the uh the thing I, I just the aesthetic and like the all the shots that you can get of like zooming out and you see the bridge crew like walking around like there's lots of great scenes from that in discovery and uh the, the new star trek movies so I, I i i love that we get that here too um I, I okay. I, I think maybe it's time for us to to go back a little bit in time. Uh, course correct. And, yeah, let's let's course correct and and talk about uh, sort of the, the beginning of this ep- of this episode because uh, it was a little bit interesting how we um, how we get introduced to these characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the the episode starts out. We're introduced to to is it Dal or Dal? Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it's Dal. Uh, I noticed people don't, don't seem to know how to pronounce his name because there's like Dal RL and there's Dal Rael that yeah. uh, the the diviner says. But yeah, okay. So others are confused about it as well. Yeah. It's not just so me. I, I think okay. it's Dal, um, <laughs> who's like this purple guy. He's kind of sassy. Uh, he has a sweet rat tail. Uh, yeah, that's important to know. And so we're introduced to him and. Basically, he really wants. He, they're, they're on this like penal colony doing hard labor. It's like a gulag, basically for kids, <laughs> and it's pretty dark. Unwanted. And yeah, yeah, and and he wants to escape. And so, like you know, within the first five, within the first like two minutes, probably he's already trying to escape. <laughs> um, yeah. Running around. There's lots of action right from the start. Um, and so that's that's uh, how we get introduced to to Dal and how things get set up. Well, and and I think it's particularly interesting how we start without a translator. So we we only have uh, Dal's perspective, and it's it's sort of maybe a bit of a Star Wars vibe of like that uh, everyone's talking other languages. Except in Star Wars, people seem to understand each other's languages and then just like speak English if they're the main character, uh, uh, unless they're Chewy. Uh, but the I, I, I guess I I like that as kind of a, uh, it's like the the show is is purposefully like lowering the amount of stuff that we need to know in order to get going. Uh, so we're introduced to just one character. We can only understand his viewpoint, and we uh, we also get like a a really compelling reason for why there isn't a translator. Uh, it's so that people can't uh, they can't unify, they can't talk to each other, uh, and this is imposed by uh, the diviner. Yeah, and and I actually it was interesting. I didn't catch that in the beginning where he was like, "I can't understand what you guys are saying," and I forgot none of us can understand what any of us are saying. And then he mentions it somewhere because we don't have a translator. Then it strikes me. Um, yeah, I like the beginning. Um, well, I was caught caught by surprise. Like it's it's a kid show, and they are in heavy action in the first like two three minutes, right? So which was. Which is nice, um, and 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 the production value, the the CGI, all of that was really good. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and you, you drew a connection to Star Wars. I saw a couple of things there that reminded me of of um, a couple of shows. One being Star Wars, the the dreadnought uh, dreadnought robot dude, right? He looked like the Rogue One. Uh, what is that? K two K two S O or something? That the, the, mm. the, the robot that's going with the with the protagonist group. 
um, and then um, even even the the girl right with her little Sith hoodie kind of thing um, yeah. and, and pale face and um, that and, and then I thought those helper helper droids those little ones mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, any of you all have played Halo but it looked like a four forerunner tech which is a part of Halo the Halo universe um, not not exactly but the ones with the, like the shields in front and the eyes and in in between. Um, so yeah, interesting. Oh, interesting. I I, uh, I actually saw thought a, a different uh, video game reference as it like for it to me they look exactly like the Reaper destroyers in Mass Effect. Uh, like they oh. they even have I have a I have pictures in the bottom of our uh, notes here of they even have this kind of like four legged structure. They have a, a light that's out of the center of their their face. Oh, yeah. They have sort of that. Um, uh, I mean, in the Mass Effect series, that they're they're based on kind of a cephalopod uh, uh, design, but it's a uh, yeah. There's just like similarities going on, and I, I just my first thought was like, wait, why are Reapers here? Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's I don't know. I, I I loved the the different bits of like character and world and design and the animation. Yeah, is just absolutely top-notch in this show. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the the other thing to, to mention is uh, the... So we, we don't have Emily here to, to sort of geek out with me with the, the specifics on the music, but uh, I as I was watching this, I kind of had a, a feeling of like, wait, that, that's not... That that was a Star Trek 2009 reference. Like I I, I recognize that that bit of uh, of music there, and, and there there are like a couple of them. Like oh, th- I'm I'm liking this. This is kind of like uh, bringing us bringing us back to that uh, kind of feel at least. And I I saw that the the theme is composed by Michael Giacchino, who uh, is famous for uh, well for a number of things, but he did the Star Trek movies uh, and also Lost. I think maybe Up and a few other things like that. Um, and uh, the composer is uh, uh, Nami Melumad, which is another person I didn't look up how to pronounce your name. Uh, but the the music is just uh, it it feels perfect for this show, and I I just uh, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, and yeah, so the uh, I th- I think that uh, uh, yeah, it, this is probably a good time for us to just go straight into character intros. Um, so we're we're starting here with like we already mentioned Dal Dal Rael, who's played by uh or Dal RL, I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce it. Uh I, I people who aren't the diviner, I think I will trust a little bit more. Um but it's pl- played by Brett Gray. Um and yeah, as we said, he's un- unknown species. Uh he's he's mildly at- intelligent, but his abilities are few and he talks a lot. Um I guess I how do how do people feel as having him be like the protagonist? It seems like we're we're sort of following specifically uh, Dal's story, maybe a little bit of Gwyn, but we can get into her in a bit. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way this episode is set up. I mean, we're kind of going from his point of view, uh, starting at the beginning. Um, I mean, for a kids' show, I think it's a good, you know, I mean, he's kind of spunky and funny mm-hmm. and. Worth noting, um, he uh, apparently he doesn't know what species he is, so that's kind of fun. Kind of, you know, I'm sure that they'll do some creative things with that going forward with the show. Yeah, yeah, and and um, 
I, I just feel that it, it's the standard, you know, uh, common objective, people suffering, um, looking out for a greater meaning, uh, trying to escape failing. So it has, it has a little bit of everything. Um, so, and again, it starts out with an action sequence. So I, I feel that um, I, I've actually not, not watched, well, there's two things that, that were new to me. One was I haven't watched um, anything, anything kiddo anime related for a really long time. I was mm-hmm. actually tripping a little bit on the um, ads in between on Paramount Plus Nickelodeon oh, yeah. ads, right? I was like, oh, 3D Paddington and oh, 3D Rugrats or CGI Rugrats. So, what? Uh, oh, yeah, it's so yeah. weird to look at. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, yes, it's they, not... They've, they, they've redone the Rugrats, but I think it's the original audio and just like, so it's the same exact episodes, but it's just with really bizarre looking <laughs> 3D Rugrat characters. Everyone weird. should see um, um, Bill's you, face right now. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's <laughs> weird. He's enlightened. Yeah. And at the risk of um, uh, diverting us, I'll, I'll bring us back. So, so that part, that part was, was interesting to me in seeing, and I know, I know there's, there's, kiddo sci-fi out there in terms of um, Star Wars and a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff, right? So it's a great new chapter to open for um, for Star Trek. Um, and then the other bit was just this whole thing about the Federation being an ideal, a distant ideal and a distant concept that um, you're looking from the outside in or, or you don't know mm-hmm. much about. That's, that's just something that I don't remember any show doing coming even close to outside of Voyager and then they're, they're like missing it. Right. That, that's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's one, one view, but, um, um, and I don't, I don't know if we called it out how they, they kept, um, revving up the Star Trek theme from 2009, just a little bit, but they mm-hmm. wouldn't go all the way. So that, that part was, was exciting. Um, yeah, great, 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 um, great intro sequence. And yeah, the first, first five, 10 minutes kind of pulls you in and, um, great way to introduce. I know we've talked about this in in different um, episodes. What are good track episodes to introduce uh, people to yeah, track? Yeah. Um, this one, I guess, is obviously great for kids, but I'm I'm thinking maybe even for um, for others. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I really. I mean, I think I think we should wait maybe to judge it for uh, a few episodes in or like after the season's over to see like whether this is truly like a, a great way to introduce. But like. I, I 100% agree. agree. I, I think that they really have hit the mark here for uh, how do you do Star Trek, but with like a low information audience where like maybe they would recognize that if it has those two little two little sticks coming out of it and it's like kind of a, a circle or a delta shape that like, oh, that means I'm watching Star Trek. But uh, there's there's no, um, yeah, no expectations at either that you know things and even if you do know a lot there's not a whole lot for us to go on we get occasional references to like delta we see a kazon occasion uh and things like that but uh i feel like we're not there's not a um like oh if you've seen all of star trek then you know exactly how this is going to pan out and like exactly why the kazon is there and and all those things it's uh i i think this is a a compelling place for us to go go in from and uh as far as like dal i i think that he he does have that um that sort of like protagonist energy of like he 
he doesn't know what his true purpose is. He doesn't have a, a good place. Like he's like, am I the captain? Uh, and I, I, I think that those sort of like self-questioning things are, are probably pretty good for like a kid's show where, uh, I mean, obviously we, most kids aren't uh, going out of there knowing exactly what they're going to do besides maybe be a fireman or whatever, but, or an astronaut. But uh, as I, I, I like having a, a questioning uh, main character for that. I remember again taking back from Star Trek Day this year. I, I mean, I guess they obviously wrote him in as the self-appointed captain, but when they were when they were um, interviewing the cast, um, good old um, Wesley was interviewing the cast. Um, they they kind of some some of the other characters kind of were like, yeah, they just he just decided that he'd be captain. Not all of us are necessarily okay with it, so. Um, they were kind of showing that bit about, you know, um, so maybe there's, there's situations in the future where that, that there is a little bit of a headbutting and, and, and and I I remember even in the episode, right? Like they're like, Hey, go do work or go fix stuff. And he's like, no, I I think I'm, I'm just gonna, I thought I was just gonna be the captain. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, speaking of characters that that probably aren't going to be okay with it, I, I think Gwyn is perhaps our, uh, who is played by Ella Purnell, is probably our second candidate for like, is this going to be the captain? Uh, I guess I, I'm getting a bit of, a bit of uh, uh, Burnham and, uh, oh my god, I'm losing my Star Trek cred. What is the name of uh, the first officer? We'll get it. The Kelpian. Saru? Saru. Why did I forget Saru's <laughs> name? Saru? Oh, I need to quit. <laughs> need to be replaced on this podcast. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, I felt I felt with Gwen, um, I, got a, I got a sense of um, uh, Michelle Yeoh on Discovery. Like, she's always going to be, like, you know, uh, second-guessing everyone and maybe ha- having her own view of things or maybe trying to escape or, or sabotaging the ship, but also wanting to be free. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic going forward uh, between her and, and Dal and, and everybody else. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I muted myself and then uh, tried to talk, which which is not a helpful thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see where where Gwyn goes. I, I think that she's a she's compelling as like that second one, and I, that villain energy I think is is also going to be interesting for us to explore as we we go into this. Yeah, and I see one of us wrote notes here that she has a soft spot for Dal. Did they did they go to class together or something? I I kind of got something in there where they were like they had memories of each other and. I don't know. Yeah, what that... there's like a mention of detention or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was class or I. I mean, maybe the diviner isn't a hundred percent evil and at least wants to educate the slaves. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> this is. He, he's definitely a a weird uh, villain to try to figure out just from this episode. Dude, what if it what if it turns out to be like a high school like CW uh, show and. <laughs> <laughs> a, a locker locker show <laughs> where the would, diviner would, is the is the teacher and yeah yeah it, it'd be a bit of a bit of a shift over but uh 
Yeah, I, 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 I think that this could, this could pivot into uh, high school energy pr pretty well. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that translates for the the Y7 audience. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to mention that Gwyn has an absolutely cool S sword. Oh, uh, yeah. I love that thing. Uh, yeah. And uh, the it only one of only two members of the Vow Akat species. So I assume that that'll be important somehow. I, I thought for a while that it was maybe the um, she was the same species as the uh, that character from Beyond uh, that had sort of the. I forget what the species was called, but it had sort of the the white and and black pattern markings on oh, her yeah, face. Oh yeah, she was cool. Yeah, yeah, and it had had sort of a similar like profile of uh, sort of like the long braided hair. But I'm gu I'm guessing that it's not what she is. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is probably a good point for us to take a break here, uh, and uh, we will have some sort of audio cue from the episode that is going to somehow magically show up because. Luckily, I am not editing the episode. I'm just hosting. <laughs> so see you in a bit. Okay, let's plot a course zero. Where to? Um, yeah. Whew. Um, yeah. Man, there are a lot more stars than I thought. Let me guess. You haven't thought that far ahead. I'll figure something out. Only this time? He has health. Did someone ask for help? I am Hologram Janeway, your training advisor for exploring the greater galaxy. On behalf of Starfleet, welcome aboard. How can I be of assistance? What is that? I have no idea. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I don't remember what it is that Notch says at this point in the episode, but uh, I hope you enjoyed whatever it is that you just heard as the break. And <laughs> we're just going to uh, keep going here on, on our characters. I, I think it makes sense for us to talk a little bit about uh, Solom, who is the diviner. He doesn't actually get his name uh, mentioned directly. It's sort of a, we infer that because he talks about his daughters being the Solom's progeny, that probably he is Solom. But, yeah. Yeah, so he's the bad guy who runs the gulag and um, is obsessed with the protostar, so that's going to be kind of the plot. We can, you know, surmise that he's going to be trying to chase down our ragtag crew over the course of the season. Um, voiced by John Noble, who, um, for, you know... Uh, sci-fi fans generally will kind of remember him as being um, uh, Walter Bishop from Fringe, which was a show I liked a lot. <clears throat> Crazy old scientist guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I that is one of the shows that I haven't gotten into yet, but I I know that it's sort of a it it, it it's I I should check it out at some point, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. It's it's solid. I mean, if you're a sci-fi fan, you'll like it. It's not like amazing i would say but i, yeah, I watched fair. the whole thing and enjoyed it nice uh yeah i, I i'm a little bit intrigued about uh Solom. I, I feel like there's going to be some sort of twist there because it, it, he, he talks about having the doesn't want his daughter to find out the, about the idea of the federation because it's going to kind of distract her from like what she's supposed to be doing so she's being I, evil 
Yeah, it's, but it, I, I mean, and I, and I suppose for a kid's show, maybe it does make sense. And, and usually this is how Star Trek does it anyway, is like, to, this villain's just straightforward evil. Like, it's, I mean, maybe he'll have like a semi-relatable backstory where like his, his wife died and he blames the Federation. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's. I like part of me is wondering like is this guy maybe is he the captain of the protostar or uh anything like that I I don't know he's he's lives in a tank maybe that's longevity tech who knows um but yeah I I I think maybe I don't know that we need to go into every single one of these characters like uh individually but uh, we we have these other crew members that that joined on and uh I guess uh how did people feel about the the makeup of the rest of these uh, crew members that are going to be on the protostar presumably for the rest of the season. I, I thought it was great. Uh, it seems like they already have some good good chemistry. Uh, seems like a well well balanced crew, and you know, as as befits a kids show, they each have I don't know. They're pretty tropey. You know, <laughs> they, they each have their own shtick. Um, and as I mentioned at the top, my personal favorite is Rock Talk, who's like a uh, looks like the thing from Fantastic Four, but is actually a little girl. Yeah. So pretty obvious <laughs> shtick, um, but I, I think it works pretty well. Um, yeah. And then let's see. The, uh, also worth mentioning briefly, Zero, who the the kind of plot for this first episode pivots on the bad guys trying to chase down Zero, uh, who's mm-hmm. a Medusan. So non-corporeal being who has kind of like this little suit uh, to walk around in. And, uh, you know, basically the the bad guys are uh, are trying to hunt down Zero because uh, they've been like a troublemaker and are uh, on the lam, they're a fugitive. Yeah. And uh, Zero ends up falling in with Dal and, and becoming apparently the pilot of the ship. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's one thing that, I thought was a was a good to call out for on a on a kids show like this, uh, especially for wanting to like inculcate kids into like the, having the values of the Federation and inclusivity and all that stuff. Uh, we had we called out several times that uh, sort of correcting people like, oh, Zero is neither a robot nor a he nor a she, mm. uh, and sort of specifically like that's because they're non corporeal, and I I think it's um, it's. I, I liked that call out. Uh, I, I mean, I know that it's a, it's uh, probably supposed to be targeted as sort of a gender identity and expression type of uh, discussion point, but it I think it's also it fits really well in the sort of the sci-fi theme of like kids like do, like if it's sci- if we're in the sci-fi future, like anybody can be like and, and there there are all sorts of different types of people out there, and like we we get, we're going to get to meet them all, and isn't that great? And I I thought it was a um, a really good uh, sort of subtle intro to, the, to some of those values uh, th- that it didn't need to be like a a very special episode type of uh, introduction to it. It's just like, no, this is Medusa, and so uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I love that rock talk bit, right? The 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 surprise with the voice, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Keeping aside how the universal translator, because before you hear the voice for the first time, there's instances where rock talk is has got this like hoarse grunt, right? When they're like <laughs> yeah. going down. And so it's almost like the universal translator can figure out cultural and age-based tonality and, and bring it out, right? Which is which is fascinating. Yeah. And, and obviously there's a, there's a lesson in there. You, you shouldn't associate what you see with 
you know what a person could be and all of that and uh, and then like like you said build the general uh, tropes the the a uh, fun gooey blurb noise type of character that's going to be around <laughs> yeah. and save the day here and there directed um, in the first episode and then and then our engineer Tellerite who's always arguing I actually like that I like the 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 bit about how you how how do you need to converse with the Tellerite that uh, you know actually get them to do stuff or, or make them yeah. play uh, yeah. play with you um, kind of takes me back to if any of you have seen seen Firefly um, um, Jane Cobb mm. the the guy who's like the, uh, the grunt and yeah. the engineer so maybe he's he's got he's gonna be the guy who is consider could be the weakest link um, but also you know um, good guy inside um, so uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I I think I'll he'll he'll grow on me a little bit better if I think of him as being a Jane Cobb type, because uh, it was, I, I don't know, I I just got like a big Pumbaa in, energy out of that guy, and I, <laughs> I don't know that I was a, a big fan of it, and uh, it he just he he felt a bit like he didn't quite fit in. I mean, I, I get why he's here because like you need to have the classic like uh, reverse psychology bit, like every single kids show and probably most adult shows have the reverse psychology bit that they do it's in one of the episodes at least so um it's it's a fun way to kind of play with uh uh how to talk to other people or or convince people of things so i'm i'm fine with it and murph is adorable <laughs> um so i i i guess uh we we all uh, you 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 spoiled in the beginning for me. I, I had forgotten that Janeway was one of the uh, characters of this episode, <laughs> but uh, we we left it until the very end. Uh, I guess. How do people feel about uh, hologram Janeway? Um, so the go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, so the ship. I mean, it's you know, it doesn't make any sense, right? The Federation <laughs> sends out this ship to, I, I guess, retrieve some people or something. Um, and so they put this hologram Janeway on it to like assist the crew or something, but apparently like no security at all. Like anybody who just wanders <laughs> onto the ship gets control of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and will be assisted by hologram Janeway. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Federation doesn't follow by like standard military rules of like, no, you need to blow up the ship if it is, uh, <laughs> or, if, if it is like left in some rando place. Or, or it's that com badge, which has sort of imprinted on one of the characters and there is some kind of a bio recognition and maybe it has to do with the the background of the of Dalrel species or something like that i don't know i'm just going well, on I, a, I think on it's rock talk is the one that 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 hits it so rock talk is actually going to be the captain there you go <laughs> um, yeah yeah hopefully they they do try to have some in-universe explanation but it still doesn't make sense. No, no, it, it. it absolutely does not. It, it's yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like a training hologram, right? So it's like, welcome to this, yeah. and we'll walk you through it. So it's not even like the rescue and um, a crew that that is that is consisting of Starfleet officers. So it's 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 quite weird. Um, also, uh, uh, Janeway looks quite spiffy. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lean mean hologram. Looking forward to it. Yeah, the uh, maybe we have a, a Nick Lucarno uh, type person had some sort of accident that ended up in the Delta Quadrant and also wiped them all out of existence, and and like that's why it's like a training ship or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a little bit bizarre, and uh, yeah, even 
even our like basic websites that we write today have better security than the protostar does <laughs> so <laughs> uh, oh, uh yeah it's it's a little bit concerning and i i just want to call out um in case you didn't realize uh hologram janeway is played by kate mulgrew so uh no uh, yeah really yeah we, we got her again uh hopefully we're paying her the big bucks um yeah so i i guess uh that's roughly the 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 characters that we got in, in the episode uh, i don't know that we need to go into like those weird uh worm people that don't seem to have eyes or anything like that uh but uh i guess where do where do people feel like we're going uh in this series like we're, we're sort of we even have that that moment at the very end where he's like we're and it has absolutely no idea where we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming you mean literally, right? Like, where are they and where are they going physically, right? Um, yeah. And, and and then maybe even metaphorically. But but from a physical standpoint, um, I was trying to figure out where I would place them in the galaxy. And obviously, mm-hmm. you have a Kazon. And unless this is like a well-traveled, far-flung Kazon, this is in the outer reaches of the Delta Quadrant before the Borg, before the Hirogen, because the Kazon don't really interact with those species. So that's one way of assuming where it could be. But also the, the, the sky is so filled with stars, it could just be a nebula, but it almost feels like a galactic center kind of a thing. Um, so, so I don't, I don't need, I don't know. Um, Maybe we're going to meet God again. Oh, yeah. uh, God didn't really <laughs> die when, when Kirk killed him uh, in, the, in the final frontier. And yeah, this is going to be a, uh, uh, it'll, it will make a hard, hard left and uh, it's this is going to be all about Christianity, and we're going to have the kids learn about Jesus and become born again. I, I'll <laughs> say it right. Um, maybe I've said it before. Three hard, hard lefts um, get you back to where you started. So, um, <laughs> or, or, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I mean, it's hard to. It's clear that like the diviner is going to keep trying to hunt them down to get the ship back. Mm-hmm. And that'll be probably the main story arc for the entire season or maybe the entire series. Um, but not clear to me how uh, serialized or episodic it might be. Like, I, you know, we, the, yeah, will we yeah. see the Diviner every episode or will he just kind of pop up again towards the end of the season? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, that that's interesting. Cause, and maybe some of that is going to depend on... I mean, obviously, I'm not a writer, and, and I specifically, I'm not a children's television writer. So, like, are, are there certain limitations that we need to take into account? Like, that if this is a show for a certain age range of kids, that, like, you can't expect them to have seen any other episode of the series in order to, like, get what's going on? Or, I, I don't know. Right, right, yeah. I think it leans towards being um, more serial because, you know, there's Gwen's on the ship and she has a connect um mm-hmm. to, to whoever they're trying to escape and i think even from her perspective it'll be like she'll have second thoughts i can't imagine she's gonna like be like awesome we're free let's get out of here right? yeah yeah uh, she'll have second thoughts and it's actually an interesting insight in how they write her through the season in in portraying people who have potentially difficult personal lives and they're trying to you know get get out of that and in 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 straight stay, stay true to you know uh universal morality or whatever you want to call it so we'll see yeah and and i guess that's a fair point like it's it's because of her background it's probably easy for her to even just like mention like oh that's my dad and he's 
like been trying to get us or whatever. And so like you 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 could have the serialized format uh, without having such a strict like being able to um, remember the, all the twenty seven details of what's happened in season in episodes one through seven so far. Did you guys uh, do you guys remember or did you catch if the Cation escaped with her the little cute purring thing or no? I don't think so. I don't yeah, think it did, and I, 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 I don't I, think they'll let that go though. I think that yeah, that's they they did too much character building between or like sort of relationship building between those those two characters, and that's that's a good reason for uh, Gwyn to want to yeah uh, like hijack the ship and get us to go back to save the Cation. Which, uh, by the way, I I love that the Cation's language is just purring. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like that would have been a huge joke in, uh, or maybe not a huge joke, but uh, if we uh, in lower decks, we would have definitely gone to like the the Cation home world, and it would uh, just be cats like purring and meowing at each other uh, with like gigantic uh, cat uh, like scratch posts as like the skyscrapers <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, I, it, it's it's an interesting thing from the. The perspective of like the tone of this ship of this show is it, it's not a comedy like obviously there are things that are just for laughs but uh it can it can introduce things that would be just a joke in uh in lower decks but it, they can be completely serious about it and it's like okay if it's a little bit funny in this one so i i, I i'm liking the tone that they're striking here uh I, so I, I guess we have a, a little bit of... Uh, we already mentioned the shields on the Protostar, but uh, for expansion of the world of Trek, uh, we've got a, a, a hint of something going on uh, with what, what they're mining here. Wasn't he mining to find the ship and that was just a ruse? Or maybe I got that the other way around. Yeah, not, uh, not totally clear. They do kind of suggest that, but it's it also seems like the mineral has some value or some purpose. yeah they, they trade it with the kazon right like they have that yeah that that's yeah. It, they're like pressed into bars of some sort um that yep. we're going to give yep. to the to the kazon so i i think it's called chimerium which i i think has a mention uh in some of david mack's books which i i think hmm. david mack is uh uh consulting on this show i don't i don't think it's like a formal writer mm-hmm. um but uh, so it, maybe it's just like, hey, I got all this lore that I had in my books. Why don't you make it all canon? Then <laughs> yeah, uh, that's also where the the Brickar species uh, comes from, I think. Mm. And so, um, what is it in the books, Chimerium? Uh, honestly, I I don't know. I I didn't uh, didn't look that that up enough. But it it just seems that it's just a, a valuable type of material. I I mean, Chimerium, it's an it's a cool name. And yeah. uh, shape shape shifting shape shifting mineral. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get the uh, the founders in here at some point. <sighs> Go to all the quadrants of the galaxy. Um, so yeah, for uh, we we have a, a little bit of uh, uh, trivia to, to to pick up here. Um, the the Lurians, if you uh, didn't recall, are uh, they're Morn species, but there were a couple of, oh. or at least one of them was shown, um, uh, kind of getting zombified by the Medusin, uh, oh, yeah. whatever it is that happens when you look at a Medusin. Mm. Um, but uh, the other thing is that there was a, a call out of the Window of Dreams, which is maybe kind of a throwaway thing, but uh, apparently was a reference to. Uh, 
a an actual pulsar pulsar cluster in the delta quadrant in an episode of voyager um it's it's known for its electromagnetic fields which would create beautiful harmonic sounds when they vibrate against the hull of a ship thank you very much uh memory alpha for uh giving me that bit of trivia but and and, and which part of voyager was this window of dreams in do 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 you know like depending certainly i certainly i know and it's not that this clicking sound is not me just like clicking the link that i have in there uh as, as i as we all remember this was the episode of voyager called body and soul um and it was in 2377 so there you go it's it's all happening at the same time <laughs> yeah um so i i think we've uh is there anything else that uh, people want to cover before we get into our strange new ratings no not for me good. yeah cool uh okay it's then uh who wants to give us a strange new rating here uh it's there, there's a new precedent that you get to set for like how, what are your ratings going to be like in this new star trek mm. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's a little bit hard because it's a, it's a kid's show and I'm not a kid, yeah. um, but I, I really, I think it was a big success. I mean, I, I really liked it. Um, it looked great. It was fun. The characters resonated for me. Um, I, I thought the pacing was really good. Uh, so I don't know, man, I, I'm in, I, it's hard for me to uh you know recall something that that i disagree about you know so i i think i'm gonna give it a 10 oh very nice yeah Um, wow i'll go next and i was again i was trying to figure out which season body and soul was from so it's seventh episode of the seventh season for voyager and which means that voyager is very uh i mean not very close to the Alpha Quadrant, but has traversed a lot of the Delta Quadrant and, you know, moved through Borg space and all of that. So maybe that's... Um, pulsars are generally used as markers in various sci-fi shows, right? Uh, navigational markers. So maybe they're somewhere yeah. in the middle of the Delta Quadrant, close to the galactic center, because all those bright stars are there. But coming back to my rating, um, I liked it. And going to Bill's point, I, um, I, I don't no um kiddo anime so i can't rate it um effectively in that sense i think it has a lot of um uh, properly poised unanswered questions which you know drive us to watch the next one and see what's going on um the whole uh murph stuff and all of that 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 will take time for me to uh, either uh absorb or or ignore i mean i guess i'm a little too grown up for things like that but um <laughs> the rest of it sounds um sounds interesting and i never watched any of the star wars um i think it was clone wars right the cartoons i don't, I don't yeah so i have nothing to compare it with but um looking forward to it so i'll give it um let's give it eight um eight chimerium crystals out of <laughs> nice uh yeah i I think i'm maybe going to split the difference here so i i think the the beginning of this episode and actually the end too would be in that 10 territory for me but honestly it's the the thing that started making me feel a little bit sour was once we got the translator 
then I got to hear uh, Jankum Pog's voice, and I wasn't, <laughs> didn't feel like having that <laughs> kind of uh, stuff in my show. So I, I there was a, a brief window of time where I, I got a little bit annoyed uh, right after we learned that, but th then I got back into the into things, and uh, on my rewatching, I, I I see much more the sort of the dynamic that these characters are creating with each other. So I, I'm, I'm fine with it now. But I, I think because of that bit of uh, uncomfortability I had in the middle, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, but yeah, I, the, the person that, I, that I really uh, want to know the rating from is uh, my nephew Dietrich. Uh, Emily and uh, Dietrich watched this. It had to be split into two. So he got that, that authentic part one and part two experience uh, when they watched it this week. But I'm hoping we can get a soundbite in of here in here uh, for what uh, what Dietrich's strange new rating is for this episode. Uh, but there we go, folks. Uh, this is now the part of the episode where we're it, it's it's the end credits. So uh, I want to thank my my two hosts, my two co-hosts, uh, Bill and Rudy. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I'm going to thank a, a specific call out to our missing host, Notch. Uh, this has been uh, a, a delightful experience to be able to just like have a podcast that we like just talk about Star Trek with friends every single week. It's fabulous. Uh, I also want to thank our missing co-hosts, uh, Max, Dinah, and Emily. Wherever you all are and whatever you all are doing, I hope it's a great time. I think that's a line. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you listeners uh, for listening and tuning in every every single week. Hopefully uh, we can uh, just have more conversations out in the future. Join us next time. Uh, I want to thank, thank also Jishnu Guha for our theme music. It's uh, great to always hear that guitarist drumming and opening us in and uh, every single time. The uh, Yeah, and I I'd also want to give thanks to the presumably dead crew of the USS Protostar. Oh, Without yeah. your accidentally blundering <laughs> into the middle of a mine and starving to death, our characters <laughs> wouldn't be able to escape Tars Lamora. So, thanks. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, bye everybody. Bye. bye.